Well, we've been talking about yes and no's, and this morning we're talking about maybes. Brandon, come up here as an as a, uh, illustration for me. <laughs> this is one of the maybes. It's black and white. As well it's as our, jeans. Our, yeah, pleated jeans. Pleated jeans. <laughs> it's black and white day for the choir. Uh huh. Okay. Good. 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 We have been talking about yeses and noes. There are some things that the Bible is very explicit about. The Bible says yes to some things and says no to some things, and we institute those in their lives as black and white things. And we've been talking through some of those. Titus chapter 2 has been our anchor passage, and I think we may have that on the screen. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And it teaches us to say no to some things. And we talk through ungodliness and worldly passions. And then teaches us to live, and I've just kind of translated that in my own translation. It says, and teaches us to say yes to some things. And last week we talked about living a self-controlled, and literally that word means to have a saved mind. Any of those past three messages that you missed, you can get those online and catch up a little bit with what the word ungodliness, worldly passions, and self-control means. We'll pick up next week with upright and the following week with godly lives. But today we talk about some maybes. But the passage continues, and to say yes to self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good. And that's been our anchor passage and will be for a couple of more weeks. That's the gospel in a nutshell. That's a teaching of the Christian church in a nutshell. I don't know if anywhere in four verses you, you can be able to get a synopsis of the gospel, a synopsis of all Bible teaching right there together, and you get that. Obviously, they don't talk about maybes in that passage of, of Scripture, but there are maybes, and we know what they are many times, whether they would be a, a pastor wearing jeans or whether they would, would be a worship leader wearing tennis shoes or whether there could be many of the other maybes of scripture can we have a little audience participation i haven't really done that very often um the scripture that we're going to launch from this morning since there's really no maybes in titus 2 we're going to be in romans 14 and romans 14 calls them disputable matters disputable matters so uh, let's let's have some audience participation in your years in the church and by saying this you're not saying that you take a certain side on this disputable matter. You just acknowledge that it's a disputable matter. Would you uh, tell us verbally what is a disputable matter in the church that you have uh, dealt with, your family's dealt with, and you remember out all through your church? Hey, Lonnie stands up. Are you testifying or what, brother? All right. Music is a disputable matter. What else? That's true, and that's an inside joke as well, but that's true. I know of churches uh, who have split because of colors of the carpet in their new building, okay? Other disputable matters in the church. Yes, ma'am. Money. 
money, okay? Other disputable matters. Just holler them out. Don't be shy. What? All right. Uh, speaking in tongues, any time of spiritual gifts. I heard something else. What did you say, Phyllis? Dress, okay? What else? Food. I had Oreos, and by the way, I still haven't found my Oreos. For those of you that are not on Facebook, I came back Saturday, Sunday night, heading to our small group, and was going to take my potato chips and my Krispy Kremes and my Oreos to our small group, and the Oreos were gone. Yes, yes, Lonnie said the Lord thought that was an offering to him. Someone didn't exercise self-control when they saw those Oreos. Or Cindy Anderson said, maybe I have fodder for another sermon there or something. I don't, I don't know. Hey, there's lots of disputable matters, some of them bigger than others. I'm from Kentucky, so I can tell Kentucky jokes all the time. And this is actually not a joke. It's a true story, but it's so funny you would wish it was a joke. In Mayfield, Kentucky, way back in the turn of the century... It was a Baptist church that uh, had an issue, and one of the deacons in the Baptist church one Sunday had put up a peg in the back of that church, like where the doors were, for, for the pastor to put his coat over when he came in. And the other deacon, who these two deacons didn't get along very well, he just really took a front to that peg and said, he had no business putting that peg up there, and didn't ask me, why did you put that peg up there? And I, I, with my hand raised... There are uh, two Baptist churches that still go by the, uh, the slang name in Mayfield, Kentucky as the Peg Baptist Church and the Anti-Peg Baptist Church. Uh, there are some disputable matters that are more important than that or maybe even less important sometimes. Sue and I pastored in Mackville, Kentucky was our first pastorate. We pastored two little Methodist churches. One was in Mackville, and one was about seven miles outside of Mackville. Mackville was a thriving metropolis of 200 people. And there were seven churches in this town of 200 people. And three of them were Baptist churches. There was the Mackville Baptist Church. There was the New Harmony Baptist Church. And there was the Unity Baptist Church all of which came from the Mackville Baptist Church. There was a split, and they named the new church the Unity Baptist Church. There was another split off of that, and they named it the New Harmony Baptist Church. And I think people have forgotten pretty much what all of those uh, arguments were about. But uh, even in that little town, the three Baptist churches, is, is a reminder that we have um, disputable issues in the church. We have differences of opinion. Now, sometimes those differences of opinion are very, very important. And sometimes those differences of opinion are on doctrinal issues or theological issues, issues that it's, it's right and firm and good to be able to take a stand on. Those would be yes and no issues. But there is a whole plethora of, of maybe issues in Scripture that uh, God's Word tells us are disputable matters and for us to not get all bent out of shape on and it may be okay for one and it may not be okay for another and someone may have a strong conviction over here and someone may not have a strong conviction over here and God's word says we live in peace and we live in unity and we live in harmony with those differences if you have your Bible uh, turn to Romans 14 if you want to use 
one of our church Bibles, and you may want to grab one because there's a lot of Scripture that I'm going to glance through here today in Romans 14. In, the, in your black Bibles, it's page 790, and I think 1763 in the larger print red cover Bibles, Romans chapter 14. And Paul, who is um, strong at times on yeses and nos, uh, is also strong on uh, when that yes or no is uh, not in black and white in Scripture that we live and let live on that issue. And uh, sometimes people can deal with that and sometimes people don't deal with that very well. But you know the apostle is not a compromising Christian. You know the apostle is not soft on sin. You know the apostle is, is, not, is just not uh, turned, turns a blind eye to some uh, questionable things. But in Romans chapter 14, um, well, we'll first look to make sure that you know that the apostle is not weak in this area. Look at 13, 13, Romans 13, 13. Just, I mean, a few verses ahead of Romans 14. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. All right, so this, we're not talking about issues here that are, that, that, uh, are, are Paul is being weak on sin. Rather, close yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh, the desires of the worldly passions, as we've talked about. But here we go with Romans 14. Except the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. Except the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. What is weak faith? No one wants to have weak faith. We all want to be strong in the faith. In the context of Romans chapter 14 and other of Paul writings, weak faith is faith that we are attaching our opinions on and holding our opinions up almost to uh, the level of the gospel. We have opinions, but we are holding those opinions on other people, and we're tying those opinions in with the truth of God's Word. And maybe somewhere we've held that opinion so long that it's somehow gotten weaved into God's Word, and we've forgotten really what is God's Word and what is opinion. And, and Paul would call those people weak in faith, that they're not standing on the truth of the gospel and being able to say, this is faith, and these are disputable matters. Weak in faith also could be able to... To, to mean uh, a form of legalism, that, that, that we're, it's, it's okay to trust in Jesus, but I've got to, it's okay to trust in Jesus and the work he did on the cross, but also you have to, both of those things can be considered weak in the faith. Now, in this passage of scripture, he's talking about something we have no idea about in, in 2012 culture. Uh, verse two, one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Now, what's Paul referring to? He's probably going back to some that was in 1 Corinthians 8 and 9 where, where there were pagan idols. There were idols in, in pagan temples, and, and they sacrificed meat to those idols. And, and, and some people thought, well, man, uh, that meat that was sacrificed, obviously that statue's not going to eat that meat, and, but that, that meat just sits there and rots. And, and so, some Christians say, well, man, you need to grab that T-bone steak and eat it, man. And some people were saying, that is food sacrificed to a pagan idol. And maybe even the people that came out of worship of idols had a real tender conscience on that. And they said, they said no, no way. And Paul in this passage says, some say yes, 
No problem with that whatsoever. That's a disputable matter that Apostle Paul's talking about here. You look down to verse 5, there's another disputable matter right here in the context of this passage. One person considers one day more sacred than another. One person considers one day more sacred than another. And another considers every day alike. Old Testament lays out for us all kinds of festivals and feast days and all kinds of things that go across with the old, go along with the Old Testament law. And, and some people were still holding those as true, and some people said those, those are no longer true. Christ has come, and we don't need to be able to do those and observe those anymore. Interesting that the, the, the Sabbath commandment is the only commandment that's not repeated here in the New Testament as one that seems to be authoritative on us. But we do have people that hold one day higher than another. And Paul says some people do, and some people don't. It's a disputable matter. Some people, faith allows them to do some things on, on a certain day, and other people's faith doesn't allow them to do some things on a certain day. You live and let live. It's a, dis it's a maybe. It's a disputable matter. We name some of those disputable matters. Uh, I was raised in a home where um, my dad went out to eat on Sunday, but he wouldn't go to a ball game on Sunday. Um, we have a home now. Sue was raised in a home where they never went out to eat on Sunday. Never. And I'm the one that's corrupted her on that. <laughs> mom and dad, her mom and dad still will not go out to eat on, on Sunday. They're not legalists. They're not legalists at all. They're traveling on a Sunday, and they're not going to die of starvation and not stop at a McDonald's or something like that. But we, 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 we choose to go out on Sunday when we want, but we also choose to make Sunday a different day for us. We choose not to go do our normal shopping course of the week type of stuff, go get gas, all that kind of stuff. We choose to make Sunday a different day. Because, and and that's, that's, that's not an opinion that we hold and force on other people. You don't hear me preach that, as thus saith the world. We just choose to make Sunday a different, a different day. It's, it's a day of rest. It's, it's a day that we remember that Jesus rose from the dead. We want our boys to grow up knowing that Sunday is a different day. There are people that, that, that uh, obviously um, do whatever they want to do on Sunday, and that uh, seems to be an issue of, of disputable matter here that we've all got to be able to deal with. Our styles of worship, our music. Some people's opinions are so strong on music and styles of worship that it's almost gotten weaved into the gospel some way. How can God like that kind of music? I, I saw a, a, something on the internet which was an um, a image of a, of a check. <laughs> this is true, friends. This is an image of a check that was put into an offering plate. And the check, the, the person that wrote the check, evidently, like before they came to church, had, had then wrote void on the, church, on the check and wrote, music is too loud, and deposited in the offering. I can have an opinion on music that's too loud. I've been to churches where music is too loud. There's been a few Sundays here I thought maybe we were a little too loud. I, you know, I don't get bent out of shape. I don't... It's, you know, 
It's a disputable matter. It's not, it, it doesn't get weaved into the truth of the gospel. We're coming up on Halloween, right? There are some people who have some pretty strong convictions on Halloween. Our kids, our kids trick-or-treat. We don't, we don't dress them in gory outfits. We, we don't put all kinds of tombstones in our front yard and decorate and all that kind of stuff. But we don't personally have a conviction. If, if you do, it's okay. I, I don't, don't call you a legalist. I don't try to talk you out of your position. You don't try to talk me out of my position. There are disputable matters that are set aside from the truth of the gospel. If you have the truth of the gospel and the fundamentals of the faith right here, then you've got disputable matters on either side of that, and they don't get weaved in and somehow convoluted and somehow dilute the truth of the gospel. Our faith should be strong, and our faith that is strong is in the person of Christ and what Christ did for us. That's a strong faith. And my faith is, is, is not diluted with I, I don't drink and I don't touch and I don't go there. And I d- it's firm in Christ. We have people that make all kinds of decisions on social media. We have parents for Christian reasons that may not allow their, their, their child to go on a certain uh, Facebook or, or MySpace and all that kind of stuff. And, and as parents, we, we can disagree on all that kind of stuff without saying you're a horrible parent or out, without saying that you're, 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 you're less than a Christian on all that kind of stuff. We, we know the differences that we have in baptism between our different churches and, 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 and different uh, religions and denominations that we have friends there are disputable matters and let's keep firm the gospel of christ and what christ has done for us have our convictions have our maybes have our opinions but not anyway get those opinions convoluted in with the truth of the gospel alcohol has always been a touchy issue hasn't it always been a touch issue i can take you to places in scripture that say do not get drunk that's a no do not get drunk do not get drunk i can also take take you to places in scripture where paul tells timothy to take a little wine for his stomach we can argue back and forth on whether that was real wine or not i don't know and i'm not even getting close to that argument but i can't I can't, if I want to be a biblical person, be able to say, you should not have that glass of wine. I, should, I can be a biblical person and say, do not be drunk. I want to be biblical. I want to say what the Bible says. I don't want to add anything to it. I want to take anything from it. Now, we as a denomination have taken a stand in that. And Sue and I are teetotalers, and we do that for a lot of other reasons other than the fact that somehow it's tied into the truth of the gospel. We don't feel like it's a, it's, 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 we feel like it's a slippery slope for our boys, and if they saw some things around our home, it'd be a slippery slope for them to be able to get, not to be able to hold it in moderation. But we don't be able to put that on someone else's. And so when I go visit somebody and, and they have a, a wine cabinet or go visit someone and there may be a beer in there, I, I, just, I, I don't feel 
the desire to be able to call them out and, and be able to question their Christianity. There are areas in scriptures that are not black and white. Now, the Bible does say much of, and warns us beer is a, is a, is a mocker and wine is a brawler. It, 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 it warns us much about alcohol, and that's why I, the slippery slope kind of thing comes into play as we do that. As, as, as a pastor, I choose to abstain because I know that, that I have influence and the things that I may do would have influence on other people. And I, 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 I probably restrain some of my freedom that I may have because of that. In our, in our culture, evangelical culture, alcohol is not accepted. But don't be a Lutheran. They love their warm beer. They're German. Are they not going to be in heaven? We have our opinions. We have our convictions. We have our reasons for those. We're in the political season. And, and, and politics is a disputable matter. I will not do, as I, heard one, as I was told one pastor did at our district camp meeting, and say, I don't see how you can be a Christian and vote for I may have, you know what? I may have that opinion, but I keep that to myself. Because that's a disputable matter. And I won't be so audacious as to, as to put something on you all that is not written in God's Word. Uh, I don't know, friends we got a lot of Baptist deacons down south that smoke cigarettes. Our church in Mackville, Kentucky, and in, Annie, in, in, um, in Perryville, Kentucky, and we pastor two little churches, uh, there's a good portion of that money that went into offering plate that was from the sale of tobacco. They raised tobacco. I don't smoke. I have a conviction against that. But man, how, how much money is all in the offering plates have been put in by tobacco farmers? And right, wrong, disputable matter. Can I go to? Yeah, I can go to that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and because it's a temple of the Holy Spirit, I should not be able to put that that smoke in my lungs yes but i'm not sure i said you know if i had still had my oreos i'd bring them up here right now i'm not sure i should <laughs> do that either i'm not sure i should put that cholesterol from those donuts in my system either and do i make a big distinction between things i put in my body that aren't good for me and claim a scripture body is the temple of the holy spirit on one issue but not on another issue You know what I found out about issues like that? The issues I really get bent out of shape about are the issues that I don't have any trouble with. <laughs> and the issues that I have a little trouble with, uh, I, don't, I don't take a stand on those issues. <laughs> Isn't that weird about us? We have this whole thing about homeschooling and public school, private school, all that kind of stuff. 
I'm not going to say anybody's a bad Christian parent because they don't homeschool or a bad Christian parent because they don't send those kids to a Christian school. I mean, what, what, if I said that, what, what a slap in the face to all the teachers that we have in our congregation, public school teachers. Disputable matters. Things that are not part of the gospel, but we tempt to weave into the gospel because we've heard them talked about so long and our grandmother talked about them and our dad talked about them and somehow we've gotten confused. Are they part of what is important or are they disputable matters? Let's continue to read, please. Verse 3, the one that eats everything must not treat with contempt the one that does not. That's 14.3. So the one that eats, eats, goes and eats this meat, he shouldn't treat with contempt the one that will not. I've told you the story about serving communion at Macville, Kentucky and, and, and serving it with real bread. And, and it was good bread, too. And, and I, we had some left over, and I took it home for lunch and... Slop butter on it. And my mother was astounded. And I've told you, I sinned against my mother that day because I said to her, Oh, mom, it's no big deal. Lucy. No, 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 I shouldn't have said that. Wrong, wrong, wrong. If mother has a conviction there, even though I don't, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it, I should not have looked down on her with any type of contempt. The one who eats everything must not treat one with contempt. The one who does not, and the one who does not eat uh, everything must not judge the one who does. You're not as good as Christian as I am. You're not really sanctified. You need to go to the altar. Verse 4. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master's servants stand or fall. And they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. So how do you decide between the maybes? How do you, how do you know on what side of the maybe issue you're going to stand? First principle right here, be convinced in your own mind. At least, at least battle it out. At least think about it. At least process it. At least talk about it. At least read about it. Don't just say, well... Well, it's just the world does it. I'm just going to go along with the world. Everybody does that. I'm just going to go along with everybody else. No, battle it out in your mind. You may come to the conclusion that it's okay. Or maybe after battling out, after reading about it, after talking about it to other Christians, and you, then you're fully convinced in your own mind, maybe I was wrong about that. So how do you decide on what a maybe is? Be fully convinced in your own mind. Deal with it. Think about it. Be a thinking Christian. Don't just say, well, I remember that evangelist came by in 1947, and I remember what he said. And that, evang that evangelist was human, and that evangelist, like, I have made the mistake sometimes. I've said some things I shouldn't have said from the pulpit before. And you all need to be good Bereans, as the book of Acts talks about, and search the Scriptures and make sure what I say or any evangelist or any person or anyone on TV is right. Be fully convinced in your own mind on the maybes of Scripture. Verse 6. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord. 
for they give thanks to the Lord. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to the Lord. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. Jump down to verse 12. Talking about living for the Lord and will answer to the Lord. Verse 12 then, so then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. So let's all just chill out. I'm going to stand before God on that issue. You're going to stand before God on that issue. God is a judge. We're all going to come before the judgment seat of God and we'll stand before God and be accountable on that issue. You're not accountable to me. I'm not accountable to you on that issue. It's a disputable matter. And I don't need to get bent out of shape because you're going to stand before God. And you don't need to get bent out of shape on me because I'm going to stand before God on that. And God will make the right decision. And the judge of all the world will do right. Verse 13. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up our mind to put any stumbling block, not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in, in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, for that person it is unclean how do you reach the maybes and decide on the maybes what's it say here but if anyone regards something as unclean then for that person it is unclean paul just said for him it's not unclean so what paul says you obey your own conscience it's it's not it's okay for me but if you have become fully convinced in your own mind and if you have dealt this in your own mind and you it's become unclean for you it's unclean don't eat it, or whatever the situation may be. Don't offend your own conscience. And I shouldn't offend my mother's conscience. Or I shouldn't offend your conscience. If I know that you have some issue about something, I shouldn't try to make you go ahead and do that or tell you you're wrong, uh, you know, try to prove to you on and different principles, even though there's not a black and white. Obey your conscience. Be fully convinced in your own mind. Battle out. Well, I, I, I just, you know, I, 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 can, I can remember, I can remember somebody wanted to, it was putting a roof on our house, and they wanted, to, they wanted to, they wanted to work on Sunday. And I said, sorry, don't work on Sunday. We won't have open houses on Sunday. It's not a better than issue. It's just an issue that we, we, we deal with at a special day and we're fully convinced in our mind and you're not wrong if you have an open house on Sunday and it's a disputable matter. And I don't judge you and you don't judge me. Whatever, you're clear in your own conscience, the Bible says. Don't offend your own conscience. But also back in 13, the Bible says don't offend the conscience of another person. Paul says elsewhere, I'd rather never eat meat again than make a new Christian, another Christian stumble. I'd rather never eat meat again. So even though Paul says I have freedom to eat that meat, I would rather never eat meat again if it offends another Christian or it may make another Christian stumble. 
So how do I deal with the maybes? I'm fully convinced in my own mind. Right here from the text. Now, I'm not making this up. It's right in the text. I'm fully convinced in my own mind. I listen to my conscience. And if my conscience says no on this, I, I don't go against my conscience. But I also don't go against the conscience of another person, even though I may have freedom in that area. And the only other thing I want to say is Paul in Galatians says we have great freedom and liberty in Christ, but we do not use that freedom to gratify the desires of a sinful nature. Paul says we have great freedom. Great freedom in Christ. Strong in the faith. My faith is in Christ. Now my, my faith is in, not in do not touch and do not drink and do not go. And My faith is in Christ, in Christ alone. But do not take that freedom and that liberty that we have as Christians and use it to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. This is an important passage of Scripture, and I just, I just want to continue it a little bit. 14, 15. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. See, it's not about right or wrong, it's about relationship. It's not about who is right and who is wrong. It's about how we deal one with the other. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone else for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. If you're having a conversation about it and you're in a small group and you're in a Sunday school class, speak your opinion. Speak your opinion. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating. It's not a matter of drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual building up edification, building each other up. Let us make every effort to lead to harmony, to lead to unity, even amongst our differences, even amongst the differences that we have in disputable matters. Verse 20, 21, It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Keep between yourself and God. Why? Because you may have this weaker brother over here. You may have freedom, but maybe you ought to keep that to yourself. Well, are you hiding it, Mark? No, I'm not hiding it. There's some things I keep between myself and God. There's some disputable matters that I just may not have to go voice my opinion on all those disputable matters. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves, but whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat because their eating is not from faith and everything that does not come from faith is sin. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. It goes so on and so forth in verse 7. It says, accept one another then just as Christ has accepted you. 
You got the faith. You got the fundamentals of the faith. You got the fa fact that Jesus died. You got disputable matters here. 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 Don't mix up the two. I'm strong in the faith when I'm relying on Christ and Christ alone and all these disputable matters on the outside have not gotten woven in and somehow I'm now placing faith and trust in Jesus Christ. In just a moment, we're going to come to the communion table and we're going to remember why we are strong in the faith. It's because of what someone else has done for us. And if I come to that table with anything else attached to my faith in Jesus Christ, other than what he's done on the cross for me, God's word says I'm weak in the faith. And I need to be strong in my hope and trust and confidence in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Let's pray. Father, I, I, I pray that we're a church that is uh, strong on holy living, that we believe that your grace can totally transform our lives and give us the power to say yes to what you say yes to and no to what you say no to. But that grace also allows us to accept other people who don't agree with us. That grace also allows us to accept them because you have accepted them. That grace also allows us to distinguish between yes and no and disputable matters. So, Father, as, as we get ready to come to the table, may our hope be built in nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. May we dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on your son's Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As our pastors ready to be able to prepare, we're going to have a station in the middle as well today, and if you would like to be able to come as a symbol of your hope and faith and trust in Jesus Christ and not of any of the maybes in Scripture, not any of the disputable matters, you can be able to do that. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, the Bible says that he uh, took bread. And after he given thanks, he, he broke it. And it says, this is my body that's given for you. He said, do this in remembrance of me. The Bible continues to remember that night and, and says, after supper, he took the cup. And says, this is the cup of the new covenant. The old covenant was the covenant of the law. This is the cup of the new covenant, which is in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, as we do this again, may it be new and afresh that our hope is in you. In Christ's name, amen and amen. Our tables are open. If we can just kind of stagger up at your convenience, uh, the Lord's table is open for you.